Beloved, you are about to listen to a message from Reverend Prince Lai. Reverend Prince Lai is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of Every sickness that come on earth, it will visit their house. Every week, if there will be a trouble in the house, somewhere, somehow, it is about them. Always having trouble at work, always having trouble. Just say, any car that will have accident on that road, it's either the car comes to bid you goodbye before. It's like, it looks like somewhere, somehow, certain children of God have managed to have a life of, of trouble. In other words, they, they, they are not able to spend one full month without a problem. It's like, without a problem, that they will not call you and say, hey, something has happened. It's like, always. And sometimes you get tired of those people and God even gets tired. <laughs> but I pray that may God make you a trouble-free person. Why? Because, you see, life is not supposed to be like that. Life is not supposed to be from fine pan to fire. What sort of life is that? At least you should have some rest. You should have some peace. You should go through the month without the bad news. Why must there be always every bad news that will happen will come and say goodbye to you before going? It will never be your story after tonight. And that is why as your pastor, I am only trying, making an attempt to position you in a no-go area in the spirit. To position you in a place where your dangerosity level increases to the extent that the devil frets you. He is, he's afraid of you. He, he's frightened at your appearance. Do you get it? Where he doesn't try his games on you. And so you hear, that, that is where you get to and then you'll be hearing like what David said. He says that a thousand will fall on your left and ten thousand on your right. You will not, you will not, it will not come near you. It is only your eyes. You only see it on TV. This is happening. That, that, and it looks like you have no experience of it. May you enter into that realm. May you enter into that realm. Where you have no experience or bad experiences. Amen. You know, when we were young, <laughs> sometimes you see somebody with this sickness, chicken paws, and they painted <laughs> him from head to toe. And sometimes as a child, you wish it to, because you see him eating yogurt and uh, eating the best food in the house. Why? Because they have chicken paws. Then you start desiring that you want to have some. <laughs> How many of you have been there before? Where certain, certain trouble people have look so nice that you wish you have some. Some of you when you were young, like my, myself, I wish I had an eye problem. Because when I go to school and I saw people wearing spectacles, so nice. it looks like all the intelligent people were in spectacles. And all the up 
born people, they never wear spectacles. Their eyes were always correct. But all the DVs who were first, first, first in class, always science, science students, they always wear spectacles. So I decided to buy my own. <laughs> there was no lens in it. But eh, if I'm competing with them, I have to also wear some. Otherwise, I'm left out. So I remember I had this, this spectacle. There was nothing in it. But I, all of a sudden, I started, I have one picture. When I grew up, I saw my face and I said, ah, are you wearing this thing? Your face small like one in this thing. <laughs> you know, but those were those years when we had no knowledge, when we were ignorant. I declare no sickness you have ever coveted will find you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so desire to come to that place where you live in the zone of protection. You live in a realm of protection. Where if there is trouble there, the Lord do not allow you to go there. And when you get there, the Lord freezes every trouble. You see, it should be an experience. Hallelujah. And so we have been studying those keys. And last week, great, we studied a very, very important key. Last week, we looked at believing and relying. No, before that one, we looked at walking in obedience to God's guidance. And that is what makes the difference. I'm telling you, most of the troubles that we find ourselves in, or you see believers go through, it is not because God wanted them to go through. They just missed divine guidance or divine direction. They may not remember when God spoke to them, but maybe God spoke. They didn't hear at all. Yes. Maybe God spoke. They didn't hear at all. Because the fact that you are not hearing does not mean I'm not speaking. You, can, you could be speaking and yet they are not hearing you. Because their ears may be very, very busy. Has someone ever told you that? Have someone ever said that? Your attention was somewhere. That is how sometimes God is speaking to us. But our ears have been blocked by other things that are important. So we happen not to hear from God. And it only ends us in trouble. And that explains why certain bad things happen to certain good people. Not because it's, hey, then you just garnish it with the scripture. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivered. Certain afflictions of the righteous, the Lord didn't plan it. I'm telling you. And those ones, they are the ones that when you enter, it seems like there's no way out. And it seems like you are praying, you are not coming out. The Bible says the afflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivers them from them all. This kind of one is not going. This affliction here, you are casting, it's not going. Can't you see that this way shouldn't have come in the first place? It may not be part of the affliction of the righteous. May God have mercy. <laughs> so may God have mercy. So walking in obedience is very, very crucial. It can determine when you will die or how long you will live. So when you hear certain Christians have terrible accidents, oh God, why did you allow them to die? You may never know. Never, don't, don't be quick to judge. You may never know. Maybe God spoke to them. Just that they didn't hear. Amen. And then we also said, believing and relying on the truth of the word of God. And that is our great defense. That, you see, you should know the, let, uh, listen, let me tell you. People, people can dream, oh. People can dream and dream for you. People can dream. They will never dream about themselves. They will only dream for you. People can see things. People can be somewhere seeing bad things about you. <laughs> Same bad things about you. This week, somebody called me and said, I said, church, 
me, me, my name came up. They, they, they mentioned my name because the people know it. They mentioned my name. They said, da, da, da. I said, go and tell them that it is not me. It is the devil and his children that they saw. It's not me. It cannot be me. The devil should show it to me. Let me answer him. He should show it to me so that I'll, I'll, I'll answer him. He shouldn't go far away and go and say it there that he should tell me. He, why doesn't he know my house? You see, so as you are busily serving God, the devil too is revealing bad dreams to people to come and tell you so that you'll be afraid. But you see, if you know the word of God, if you know what is written about you, then you can say that that one is not me. Did you see it? I'm not the one who they, they, they saw. I'm not the one who went through that. I'm not the one. It cannot be me. Why? Because you know a word. You have a word. You know something. There is something God has spoken to you about. You can cause something about your life, about your destiny, about your future. Say, no, this one is not me. So you see, the word of God, Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. So when you hear the word of God, you read the word of God, it gives you faith. It breathes faith. And the Bible says that faith is our shield. We should take the shield of faith that we can block. So whatever arrow was sent through those people, I just blocked it in the spirit. I said, it is not me. Go back to the devil and his children. And it is the word of God that we use to do that. I shall not be sick. You know, one time one, one member said, oh pastor, I had a dream. I had a dream. After I listened to whatever we said, I said, listen, look at me. I can never have that sickness. <laughs> never. Why? You shall serve the Lord. By the time you are dreaming about me, me, I'm on the field. I'm doing follow-up. I'm doing pastoral. We visit it. I'm praying. He said, the devil, it is not me. What he saw was the devil and his children. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me at all. I'm busily serving God. I'm busily serving God. I'm not, I'm not. And so please, you better know the word of God though, because people will dream about you. They themselves, the devil is after them, but they won't see their own. It is your own that they will come and tell you. It is your own that you come in. And so if you don't know the word of God, then you'll be in trouble. Then always you're walking in fear because your mother said you had a dream. Your father said, your sister said, every day somebody wakes up with a dream for you. <clears throat> every time. Somebody wakes up with a dream for you. Every negative dream or vision or desire or prophecy concerning your life Upon this exalted altar, the Bible says that, Yea, they shall gather, but it is not of me. And every gathering that is not of me shall scatter. Therefore, I command every gathering, every plan, every imagination, every dream, every prophecy that is not from God, it shall not stand. It shall not. That's it. Yea, they will gather, but not of me. They will scatter. He says that, Speak the word. It shall not stand. And take counsel. It shall not come to pass. For God is with us. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. I don't have a problem. You tell me the devil has planned something about me. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem at all. Who did you say has planned? The devil. That's his work. What else should he do? He came to steal, to kill and to destroy. So whether you told me or not, I know the devil is not my friend. And I know he never has any good intention. I was sit down here. Let me announce to you. If you want to know the plan of the devil, there are three folds. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. And he wants to steal every good thing from you. I've told you from today. 
Don't accept any dream from anybody. It's in the Bible already. The devil wants to kill you. The devil already wants to steal from you. The devil already wants to destroy you. So anytime somebody tells the person that it has already been written that the devil has that plan for me. But the Bible says that who is see that speaks a thing and it comes through when God has not said it. So the devil, he can busy himself and say it. It will not come through because my God didn't say so. He didn't say I'll die young. He didn't say I'll be a secular. He didn't say I'll, I'll, I'll have any, any of that problem. He didn't say so. So it is not my portion. See, know what is written about you. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So believe and rely on the truth of the word of God. And you'll be saved. Now number seven today. Number seven. Securing a credible prophetic covering. Securing a credible prophetic covering. Securing a credible prophetic covering. Hosea 12 verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, Israel was preserved. Amen. Now listen. Whatever it will take a prophet to bring into your life, it will also take a prophet to keep it in your life. Did you hear what I said? Whatever you got by someone's prophetic ministry, it will take that person's prophetic ministry to protect it for you. You see, a lot of Christians make the mistake. Like the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt by Moses's prophetic ministry. Then some of them say, we don't need you again. Then they started fighting Moses. They all died. They were all wiped away. It was their children who grew up to enter into Canaan. Those who fought Moses all died. Can I shock you? Only two of them who left Egypt entered into Canaan. (laughs) Those millions of people who left Egypt. Only two of them one is called Joshua. The other is called Caleb. The rest of them, they all died on the way. It was their children who were innocent, who didn't know anything. They grew up to hear the things God did for their fathers, their manner and all those things. And so when they entered into Canaan, they followed the leader who had been with the old team and was now leading them, who was Joshua and then Caleb. But as for the old Imbabiyeche class of people, those who think that, Charlie, I was here before you came. Those squad who left with Moses, not even three, only two of them entered. Joshua and Caleb. That's how serious it is. Whatever you get by a certain man's prophetic ministry, you can keep that thing by that man's prophetic ministry. By a prophet, he brought them out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he preserved them. And so if you got that job through that man's ministry, if you got that open door through that ministry, it will take that anointing to preserve it. Don't be, be, don't be, be disloyal. Don't turn your back. You see, a lot of people, they, 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 they get blessed and they forget where they are coming from. They forget where they got it from. They forget where the miracle happened. They forget what God did. And so, you see that they eventually lose it. Yeah. They stop 
doing the things they used to do, stop and turn their backs on the very oil that delivered them. And so by a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, they were preserved. May the prophetic oil in this house preserve you. May it deliver and preserve you. Hallelujah. So the prophetic mantle of Moses is what preserved the lives of the children of Israel and brought them out of Egypt alive. And you must understand that the prophetic mantle of Elisha is also what preserved the lives of the people in his generation. You see, there was a time that he visited uh, um, um, was it Jericho? Yeah, one of the lands. And when he went, he was with a school of the prophet. Those he was, he, he was training like shepherds. He was with a school of the prophet. And the Bible says that they wanted to eat, so they went to cut some food, uh, wild grapes or something from the forest and came to cook. And as they were eating, one of them saw that there was poison in the food. And so he said there is death in the food, that there is poison in the food. And so maybe some of them started having, you know, upset and then all that, that there was poison in the food. So it means that all who were eating the food were on their way to die. And then quickly they rushed to the prophet. And in 2 Kings 4 verse 40, then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. Then verse 41. So he said, Then bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot anymore. That is a prophetic intervention. It's a prophetic intervention. He took something and used it as a point of contact and put it into the stew and consecrated it and sanctified it and now they were able to eat the same stew that was killing. Was not giving. The Bible says that and there was nothing harmful about the stew anymore. So you see that those group of people were preserved from food poisoning, from death by the prophetic ministry of Elisha. Amen. Oh, amen. So, who your prophet is is very, very important when it comes to working in preservation. And whether you are actually under the covering of your prophet is very important. There are people who are prophets, but they are not under their covering. They don't, they don't, they don't respect their covering. Do you get it? There are others too who have submitted under their covering, under the leadership, under the spiritual covering, they have accepted that this is my father. This is the one who is covering me. Amen. And so they are able to benefit from the, the, the covering. When he lifts up his voice to pray, his oil extends to you. His prayers extends to you. He doesn't need to mention your name. He doesn't need to. He doesn't understand the tongues he's, he's speaking. Some of the tongues he's talking about you, but he doesn't know. Once you are connected to him, God uses him to defend you, even when he doesn't know. That is why sometimes you say that, oh, I had a dream, I saw you, the person is fast asleep. But his spirit is at work. Yes, his spirit is at work in your life. Amen. And so, 
by the prophetic ministry, these sons of the prophet or members of Elisha's ministry were preserved. I declare that from now to the end of the year, whatever you touch is consecrated. Whatever you feed on is sanctified. Whatever you consume is purged by the blood. I declare that you will never suffer from food poisoning. Whoever will deliberately poison you, they will die of their own substance. Whoever will mistakenly drink anything to it will never hurt you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. By the prophetic. Oh, if you are clapping, do that better. Don't take for granted the prophetic declarations and personal counsels from your man of God. They are life-saving. They are life-saving. Don't take for granted the prophetic utterances, the things your father said. If they are negative, be careful. If they are positive, hold on to them. Hold on to them. Believe them. It doesn't matter the odds. Believe once my man of God has spoken, it is going to happen. Once my prophet has spoken, it must be. Once my pastor has prayed for me, it will surely happen. You see, once you start believing in your prophet, the Bible says you begin to prosper. What does it mean to prosper? The word is you do. It means to do well. It means they start doing well in your life when you begin to believe in the man God has sent to you. Things start doing well. Believe in his declarations. Believe in his utterances. Believe in his counsel. His advice. What he tells you to do. It has saved many. Those of you who are around, you know. You know the testimonies. It has saved many. And daddy said I should do this. When I did it, pa. And daddy said I should go here. When I went, pa. And daddy said I should try this. When I tried, it worked. And daddy said I should not go. And when I went, later, you keep hearing it over and over. Or, oh, daddy made a proclamation. I remember that daddy said there shall be no loss. I remember that daddy said someone is going to get a job this. And this has happened. I remember that daddy said somebody is being healed about it. And this has happened. I, don't take for granted the declarations of your prophet. Nor the, the counsels of your prophet. These two things, they are very powerful. God uses them to preserve you. He may not say, I've seen a vision. But God can just move his mind in a certain way. That he will advise you. Now listen, don't do this, don't do that. And for all you know, this is your angel that God is using to. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are times that you say, that, see, I saw this clearly. But aside that, even when you go through scriptures, First Corinthians, you see, there are different times that Paul will tell you that I speak as a man. I speak as a man. In other words, I'm not giving you an instruction that I've heard from God. But this one is an advice. I speak as a man. You can take it. It will help you. Do, do you get it? So there are times that men of God will speak as men. There are times that we advise you based on what we sense within us or what we think. Do you get it? But those who respect even that one, the lowest one, they are people who prosper. And they are people who are able to enjoy the covering. There are people that are, hey, don't, don't travel. And they didn't. They were safe. The others said, don't go. And something terrible almost happened to them. It is like that. So I pray for everyone here. I pray for everyone here. That your ears shall be open to the leadership of your shepherd. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The only reason why I will not lack is because I have a shepherd. Do you have a shepherd? Do you have a shepherd who is showing you pass here, go here, don't go here? Do you have a shepherd? 
You know, we, we are living in a generation where people, people have convinced themselves, they have allowed the devil to convince them that you don't need any man. You don't need any man. Because now everybody can talk to God. You don't need any man. Beautiful. I understand the angle you are coming from. We all have access to God. But in the wisdom of God, he gave us Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. He said, and he gave to the church some who are pastors, some who are teachers, some who are apostles, some who are prophets, some who are, who are evangelists for the perfecting of the children of God. And so it means that there is a work on you that Jesus won't come down from heaven to do it. He will use a pastor to do it for you. He will use a prophet to do it for you. He will use an apostle to do it for you. So those people are still important to the child of God who can pray himself. They are still important to you. Those people are still important to you. Say my pastor is still important to me. God gave him to you. So they are still important to you. Some people, a, a certain man in the, in the Bible, he, he learned in a very hard way. Joking with the prophetic declaration of Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. The Bible said, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thou sayest the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for, let's say, one Ghana cities. And two measure of barley or bread be sold for, 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 for maybe five Ghana cities in the gate of Accra or in the gate of Odoko. Then verse 2. Then one of the lords or the rulers or the princes whose hand the king leans. In other words, one of the leaders of the palace. He said, hey, my friend, my friend, you have gotten some food to eat. Don't come and prophesy. You, you and I know that there's no rain. There's no rain, so there's no food on the farm. There's no food on our market. In fact, things have become very expensive. People are, are killing their children. People, like, it's like things are bad. And you are coming to give us a prophecy that tomorrow, you just say that next six months, we should harvest some, we should cultivate, we should plant more food. Bring us some agricultural principles. But if you are saying that tomorrow by this time, things are going to be fine, it's like you're just coming to take us. We tell it, let's we, we mean business. Let, let's be serious. Don't you see that certain times you hear some prophetic declaration and you don't want to even say amen? Because you look at yourself and you're like, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Like the way our sister we say that in the name of Jesus, a, a, a day by this or tomorrow by this time, you have six bedroom house. He say, Oh no, me, I'm a young person. How do I get six bedroom house? At least, Pastor, say that you will rent your house. Say that you have some one in my hall, which is that. Uh, no, no, am I, am I communicating? When I say that, listen, there is someone here. The Lord is giving you six bedroom You will be saying, Amen. The reason is because to you, it is too much. God should go step by step. And so, this man told Elisha that, hey, listen, we know that you are a prophet, but this one, this one, this one, let's be serious. Where are we going to get? Look, look at him. He said, then the captain on whose hand the king leaned, in other words, the one the king trusted the most, he was the chief advisor. When he speaks, it's like, you know, wisdom has spoken. And so, he believes in his wisdom. And so, he know by his own understanding, food cannot be that cheap by tomorrow when today we are still in farming. When will it rain for us to, to even start planting? How many months will it take for the food to now go, for us to harvest and get to the market and then food will become cheap? Well, what are you saying, man of God? You have just come to deceive us. 
You see, don't joke with prophetic declarations. They may look mind-blowing. They may look like they are far from rich. Just believe it. Because you may never know what will happen. I think one man of God was here who shared a story about uh, one uh, house girl who he, he just told that you God said you are going to travel. So prepare your passport. And everybody was laughing because everybody knew that Neonenekat or a house girl. Or a house girl. She's a house girl. Only didn't be crazy. House girl. And what do you mean, sir? You see, it's what, in fact, the girl herself didn't believe it. Neither did the people over there believe. But little did she know that the one she was working for was going to be transferred, have a UN appointment, and was sent by the UN. And so they have to go and live in a Western country. And the person said, You have been a good help, so I'm going with you. Just like that. So now, if this girl was calculating how she would find herself in America, imagine she has to come to the city, she has to start working, she has to look for an uncle there, she has, long, it means that it is just like impossible. That prophecy, man of God, says something else. Man of God, says something else. And a lot of you, that's what you say in your mind. When we are ministering to you, we say some of that, it is too big, you say, man of God, this one says something else. This one is too big. This one is too big. I pray for you that may God give you a miracle that will cancel all forms of calculations. May God give you a miracle that will beat all protocols. I said, listen, you, you are going to get married. I, I see that you are getting married next month. You, you can't even see me because, hey, I don't even have a beloved. I'm now going to look for a beloved. When I meet the person, I have to know the person. The person to try to know me. I don't think the person will just see me today, no. Uh, the church we are into, we have to do counseling for six months. So you pastor, be serious. <laughs> so you pastor, be serious. You know? Meanwhile, it can happen. It can happen. Last time, I think Brasimon also was telling me, there's, there's this lady in my former church who no one respected, including me. Let me confess. You see, when I say no one respect, I mean that you don't expect that something powerful like that to happen. Oh, no one, no one respected her that. Yeah, be catch us say, we be worry, bruni. Oh, I'm fena even yo. Bang, bang, jing, come in here, here, in here. You see, when, when, when the guy say, bang, you say, those big, big, mark, bang, 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 don't call, don't call, kind of thing. I don't know, we all didn't expect that something big like that should happen. As I'm talking to you now, She's in the state. And the gentleman was telling me that, Pastor Prince, hey, who grace her? You'll be shocked. I was like, really? What has happened? I said, listen, in fact, she just met a white man who followed her to the church. Everybody was shocked, including the pastor. That what is the white man doing with this girl? On top of it, she has children, either one or two, without father. Like all odds, everything is against them. Even you will not marry her. Talk less a, a, a white man. <laughs> Who has something to chop and has come to enjoy himself in Africa and go back. The man followed her. To, not far away, oh, the church is just here. man followed her to the church. And everybody was surprised. Now, isn't it? Oh, the grace, the 
Wakaku free Viviana, and I said, We no problem yet. People were, you can imagine. You see, maybe this church, look through. Maybe there are, there are some people in this church, you think this one there is so below. Below, where they want to be Fabia, but one gonna be Bonibi, Nimbawa, Umbabibri, or Nibi Papibia. Now, so be catch now, say, This lady, by the end of this month or two, she is going to be in a state married to a white man with all her, her bank care, all the children, and no school, no money, doesn't look any attractive or beautiful. Oh, it can only be God. It can only be God. Like, it's one of the recent news I heard that, I, I, in fact, I was really shocked. I have been shocked before, but this one was a real, a real shock. That hey, God who can do things, oh, God can do things. May that God that embarrasses people with what He will do for you, may that God do it for you in Jesus' name. May that same God show up for you in the name of Jesus. Someone we all didn't respect. We, the educated people, never condescend to her level. Like to go and propose to her means that it's like we've lost our self wealth. And they said when the white man came, the white man went to see the pastor that I want to marry. The, like, like, oh, are you coming to joke? Whatever. Like joke, like joke, like joke. The white man married the lady. In a short time, oh, married the lady. And when they came to church, now the ushers, the gentleman was telling me that now the ushers had to open for grace to pass. When grace is coming with the white man, the us- grace with bed, no money. With children, without father, it's not beautiful. Don't imagine a beautiful girl. I'm telling you that it's not. What did the white man see? It's called favor. Hey, listen, eh? The one you are sitting close to, or the one you are sitting by, you don't know tomorrow. I said, you don't know tomorrow. Tell the one who is seated by you that, Charlie, watch me well, oh. Because my breakthrough can embarrass, oh. My breakthrough can be very, very, very... It can embarrass people around. As I'm talking to you now, she's there with half caste children. Grace. If Simon comes, ask, ask, ask him to describe that girl to you. And so listen, there is nothing impossible with God. I'm telling you, there's nothing impossible. So as you are walking as though there's no hope for you, I'm telling you, just one knob that God will press can change your identity forever. Who is that person? Who is that person? Then receive it in Jesus' name. Then receive it in Jesus' name. Then receive it in Jesus' name. So this man challenged Elisha and said, listen, let's be serious. How can food abound tomorrow? How can food abound tomorrow? How? At least say that six months, let's plan something and all that. What you are saying beats all calculation. And then Elisha said, and he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with your eyes, but shall not eat thereof. <coughs> Tell somebody, don't joke with the words of your father. Your, 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 don't joke with the words of your pastor. When the man challenged Elisha in the palace, Elisha just said, Elisha didn't say, thou sayest the Lord. You will see. Elisha just said, 
So this one, it is just Elisha's anger that he, he spoke. This one, it's not like God told Elisha that this man will see. No, no, no. Elisha said, because you have not believed in what I'm saying, you, your eyes will see it, but you won't eat some. That's why it's just Elisha who said his own name. It's just Elisha who said that you see, as to whether the thing will happen, it will happen. But you will see it tomorrow and you will not eat some. And what happened? Let's jump to verse 16. Let's jump to verse 16. Before I read verse 16, let me just tell you the story of how the miracle happened. After Elisha prophesied, the following day, do you know what happened? The following day, four lepers. You see, when God is doing something, eh, he does it in a way that it will beat all imagination. If God wants to provide food for a hungry nation, will he use people who are begging, beggars? The lepers, they sit at the gate and beg. It was through the lepers that the food that was prophesied a night before came. How did it happen? The lepers were just there and they just felt like, Charlie, the hunger is too much. Nobody's even coming to dash us anything because they themselves, they are hungry. When we go to the town, they will kill us because lepers, we must not enter into the city. We are an abomination in the Jewish community. Now, if we also sit here, we will die. So you let us just go. And if we go to our enemies now, the Syrians have surrounded them and they want to take over Israel. That's why there is hunger. And so, you let us go to the Syrians and go and see if we can get some food. Let's go and beg. If they will have mercy on us, we can get some, some letters. Maybe we are sick people, so they will not kill us. The soldiers will not kill us. So they decided to just go to the camp of the enemy that has surrounded the nation of Israel for which reason they are hungry and they are dying. Look at the faith they had. They say, if we sit here, we perish. If we go to, we may perish. So let's just go and try. So they just walk four. Four lepers. Four lepers. Quarter four, four. The Bible says that as they were working, as they were walking towards the camp, God multiplied their steps. The sound of their steps. And their sound, and the sound of their steps started sounding in the ears of the, the army or the enemies like a group of people with horses. Chariots. So they heard that. It was like, horses are coming. So to the army, hey, the children of Israel have gone to call other kings who are now come to join them and they are attacking us. And the sound we are hearing means that a lot of chariots. So let us run for our lives. So they fled and left their food, their jewelry, their gold, their money, and the abundance of food that has been shipped from their country to their Barak or uh, their barracks or their camp and all the food. When the four lepers got there, the camp was empty. They were like, ah, where are the soldiers? But they ran away. God multiplied. You see that God is a miracle working God. May God multiply your effort. May God multiply your effort. The little application you write, may God add spices to it. The little business you begin to do, may God cause it to blow up. God multiplied. Just walking, God made it sound like horses. Just, they decided to walk. And so when we were quarter four, our feet in the carry. They were just walking like that. And their steps sounded like men on chariots. And it, it made a whole army fled for their lives. And so when they got there, Ah, why are they switching? They are, okay, there is food. Let's eat. They ate the food and then one of them said, listen, the way we've come to meet this food and we have eaten, if problem comes, we can't fight. 
So let's go and report ourselves to our king. That Charlie, we went to the enemy's camp and we're going to eat their food, and there is food there. So that day to day, we eat some. If there is problem, we all will have the problem. And so they went to the king and said, King, we decided to take the risk and go to the camp of the enemy. And we met the place empty. And the food, so there's a lot of food, and people are dying here. So why don't we go and then take all the food? And then, so then the, 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 the chief said, Hey, are you sure of what you are saying? Maybe they have gone to hide so that we will come because they know we are hungry. So that when we come, they will pounce on us. But upon second thought, they said, Okay, let's go and try. So they also went there. When they went, lo and behold, all the army had fled. And that day, the children of Israel had food in abundance to the extent that when the king was giving the instruction for people to go and eat the food, he made the captain who said that he doesn't believe it can never happen. He made him that you stand at the gate and coordinate the queue. Now, the people rushed to enter that the man fell and they walked on the man till he died. He didn't taste some of the food according to the words of Elijah. Read it. And the people went out and planted the camp of Syria. So a measure of flour was now sold for a shekel. That means things became cheap. And two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of Jehovah. And look at verse 17. And the king appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trodden upon him in the gate. And he died as the man of God has said who spoke when the king came down to him. As the man of God has said. As the man of God has said. As the man of God has said. So there are many things people are suffering. Is it as a result of what a man of God has said? There are many things children of God are suffering. Is it as a result of what a certain man of God has said? I declare upon your life. That may you prosper in the name of Jesus. And every negative prophecy concerning your life from any man of God, I neutralize it in Jesus' name. See, that is why don't take for granted. Don't take for granted any utterance from the man of God. Any counsel from the man of God. Any prophecy from the man of God. It may look too big, but God is still in the miracle business. I said God is still in the miracle business. Lift up your hand and say, I am ready for my miracle, Lord. See, I am ready for my miracle, Lord. And so that is how they possessed the land. That is how they possessed their, their blessing. By believing in the credible prophetic ministry of Elisha. And so we are able to enjoy prosperity. We are able to enjoy preservation by the prophet. He, he brought them out and by a prophet they were preserved by the prophetic mantle of Moses and of Elisha all these people were preserved amen tonight may the prophetic mantle on my life be a preservation for you may it preserve every good thing in your life like I told you from beginning the Bible says, by a prophet he brought them out of Egypt. And therefore, by the prophet he preserved them. That means that whatever the prophetic ministry of a man brings to you, it will take that prophetic ministry to maintain it. And so, I declare upon your life 
that after tonight whatever your heart is looking for may it be delivered by my prophetic office by the prophetic office by the prophetic mantle that is operating on my life i declare that you are entering into your own room of blessing you are entering into your own place of blessing you are entering into your own place of blessing in the name of jesus number eight engaging the services of angelic beings we are also preserved aside the credible prophetic covering of our lives we are also preserved by angelic ministry or angelic beings and their ministry you have to understand that one of the descriptive names of angels they are called watches the bible calls angels watches that's one of the names of angels that means that angels are supposed to keep watch over god's creation and over god's children daniel 4 17 god specifically gave his angels charge over certain believers also to keep them from evil and to bring them safely into their destinies when you read psalm 91 verse 11 the bible says that for he shall give his angels charge over you may god command some angels for someone here may god give angels charge over someone here he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways to keep you to preserve you angels shall be giving instruction to preserve you angels shall be giving assignment to to take care of you to preserve you to watch over you he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways verse 12 so that what will happen they they shall bear thee up in their hands else you dash your foot against a stone so they'll watch you by what keeping you in their hands they'll not walk they'll, they'll not make you walk on the lions they'll walk on it for you they will not make you walk on the on, on, on the scorpions. They will walk on it for you. They will carry you in their hands so that you will cross where people say you can't cross. So that you achieve what people say you can never achieve. Why? Because you are not using your own might. You are on angelic wings. You are on angelic right. May somebody begin to write on the wings of angels. Oh, may somebody begin to write on the wings of angels whatever you want to achieve that is impossible with your own might that is impossible with your own power may it be possible by angelic assistance may it be possible by angelic assistance for he shall give his angels charge over me that is why i can't die before my time so i can't die before my time because my angels are at work say my angels are at work so I can't die before my time. Say my angels are at work. So I can't die before my time. My angels are at work. You believe it? Then shout it. Say that again. Somebody come and tell you that I had a dream that you were there. Tell the person my angels are at work. I can't die before my time. And quote the scripture. For he shall give his angels charge me to keep me in all my ways the underlining this thing there is all your ways that means not in one way in your business finances your career your marriage anything about you all your ways so it means that you are not permitted to have losses in your business you are not permitted to crash you are not permitted to have to have any in every aspect of your life if it's academic you are not permitted to have failure in your academics he will give his angels charge who will keep you in that way 
Do you understand it now? And they will bear you in their hands. And these are things that God does for his children. He gives special angels to protect them. And so tonight, may special angels be discharged on your behalf. You see, the children of Israel were an example to this. God gave them a special angel to keep them so that they can enter into their destiny. Listen, we are living in a very dangerous world. What will make you harm free? Or what will make you danger free? Or what will make you head free? Is when you are having an escort. An escort. That's why when they are carrying money about, there's a police escort. It is what will guarantee the safe arrival of the money. So what will guarantee your safe destiny arrival is what the angelic escort that you have. When God sent the children of Israel from Egypt to Canaan, they arrived there by angels. Exodus 23 verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in thy way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared for you. What? I give you an angel to keep you and to bring you to the place I, the Lord, have prepared for you. That means for every prepared place, there is a destined escort to keep you to that place. Arrival at that place is not assured until you have your escort. Because there are terrible people on the road. There are evil spirits that are want to, they want to ensure that you don't become. They want to ensure that the marriage doesn't come. They want to ensure that the, the, the children will not come. They want to ensure that you will not travel. They want to ensure that you will not arrive safely in your academic destiny. They want to ensure that you will become a pauper, a beggar. There is a devil out there who hates you, who is wrestling with you. Some of you are privileged to see them in your dreams. That there's something fighting you. But I pray for everyone here. For every destiny that God has in store for you. Receive angelic escort for the delivery. Receive angelic escort for your safe arrival. May you have a safe arrival after tonight. Lift up your hands and say, I will arrive in my destiny safely. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. Paul also enjoyed it. Paul also enjoyed it. Acts 27 verse 22. Paul also enjoyed this escort I'm talking about. This angelic preservation. God prophesied or God told Paul that Paul you will not finish your missionary work or your ministry work until you go to Rome. You must preach in Rome. You must bear witness of my name in Rome. That means Italy. You must go to Italy. You must not end in, in Asia, in Israel. You must go to Europe. You must go and then preach before Caesar. That was a prophecy. And then God made a way. Paul got a ship. That was going to Rome. The prophecy must come through. The prophecy must come to pass. Then, at a certain point of the journey, a tempest arose and hit against the ship. And there was a shipwreck. A shipwreck is like a road accident, lorry accident. On the sea, they call it shipwreck. That is, the, your, your, your ship has an accident, like the Titanic and those stars. And so, there was an accident of the ship. And the ship was broken down, sinking. And everyone on board was going to die. And then Paul got up and started speaking to the people. Now, look at what Paul said. And now, I exhort you to be of good cheer. That means that, be happy. But there shall be no loss of life 
among you. Say there shall be no loss of life. In my life. In my family. Say there shall be no loss. Of life. So Paul told them there shall be no. So when we say there shall be no loss. It's a scripture. So I pastor praise the one forming the baby. It's a scripture. There shall be no loss. The Bible said. That's, a, that's what Paul said. Paul said there shall be no loss. There shall be no loss of life. There shall be no loss of life. But only the ship, because as at that time the ship has had an accident and they were all going to die with the ship. For they stood by me. This is the reason why he said that to them. They didn't know why he was saying that. He said, oh, you know. For verse 23, because there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I also serve. An angel belonging to the God I serve stood by me, visited us in the night when the ship was having the accident. The angel of the Lord appeared to me. And look at what the angel of the Lord said. Say, fear not, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. Say, I have a destiny to fulfill. Ah, uh, you don't understand what I'm saying tonight. Say, I have an assignment. Say, I have a destiny to fulfill. There is something I must fulfill. You see, there is something only you can do for your family. If you don't become, how will you do it for your family? There is something only you are destined to provide for certain people. So there is a destiny you must fulfill. There is something you must achieve. He says, for you must stand before Caesar. You have a destiny. There is a prophecy hanging around your neck. You must stand before Caesar. And lo, God has granted thee, all them that are sailing with thee. In other words, because you must go to Caesar, because you must not die, all the people who are around you, they are having free insurance because of you. (laughs) You see? And at this point, I want you to key into this very sentence or this very statement and believe God for protection for your family. Believe God for protection for someone who is special in your life. And say that because of me, my mother will not die. Because of me, my father will not die. Because of me, my children will not die. Because of me, my wife or husband will not die. Because of me, that special friend of mine will not die. Because of me, that special brother of mine will not die. Did did, did you understand? So there is room for others. The preservation you are going to enjoy, there is room for others. You can carry others on, on, on top. It's not just you. It's that when you are going to do insurance, you can add other people. So that, well, I don't want to be insured alone. I want you to add this name, this name, that. That means that because of your insurance, they are covered. Say there shall be no loss. I have a destiny to fulfill. Say there shall be no loss. I have an assignment to fulfill. Say there shall be no loss. My destiny must speak. There are people I must feed one day. There are, there are people I must take care of one day. There are nations I must, I, I, I must affect one day. There are lives I must impact one day. So there shall be no loss. The devil cannot kill me. I will not die before my time. I will not die before my time. I'm preserved by my angels. May angels be released for you. May angels be dispatched for you. May they go ahead of you. 
may some be behind you may some be by your side a thousand may fall on your left a ten thousand may fall on your right but it shall not come near you only your eyes you shall see the end of the wicked it will not happen for you it will not happen to you clap your two hands for them rise up to your feet Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Reverend Prince Lai. If you have been blessed by this message and have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died, that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven and you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko, adjacent Best Point Savings and Loan, Odoko Market. For more information, please call 0543 248. 982 or 0241-372-895. God richly bless you.